The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. The angel Gabriel was sent from God to a town of Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And coming to her, he said, Hail, full of grace, the Lord is with you. But she was deeply troubled at what was said and pondered what sort of greeting this might be. And then the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Behold, you will conceive in your womb and will bear a son, and you shall name him Jesus. He will be great and will be called Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give him the throne of David, his father, and he will rule over the house of Jacob forever of his kingdom, there will be no end. But Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I have no relations with a man? And the angel said to her in reply, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. And this is the sixth month for her who was called barren. For nothing will be impossible for God. Mary said, Behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Then the angel departed from her. The Gospel of the Lord. This celebration of the name of Our Lady is beautiful and complex. On the one hand, it seems so simple. It's a name, Mary. And yet, on the other hand, to understand this name requires considerable effort. We see in our gospel reading today the fulfillment of that statement of St. Paul, even though Paul wrote that statement afterwards. God sent his son, born of woman. It had already happened, but what do I mean fulfillment? Because that's a fairly abstract statement. We don't see a face. We don't know which woman. We only know that God sent his son, born of woman, if we read St. Paul. But we don't know who it is, who is the woman through whom the Son of God came into the world. And if we simply pause with that mysterious reality, if we didn't have St. Luke's Gospel, if we didn't have St. Matthew's Gospel, which give us her name, what would we have? 
we'd know that there was a woman, but we wouldn't know her name. How would we call upon her? And we would probably find ourselves doing what people have done across the centuries. We'd make up a name so that we would know to whom it was we were speaking or who it was we were honoring. But we know her name. This is the beauty of the account in St. Luke's Gospel. We know her name. And amazingly and remarkably, we know her name because she makes her appearance in Scripture at the moment that Christ is to come into the world. Obviously, she has been alive prior to this, but we don't meet her then. We don't witness her birth. We meet her at this moment. We see her for the first time when heaven engages her. How marvelous that is. And we are told very specifically in St. Luke's Gospel, it is precisely this virgin, betrothed to a man named Joseph of the house of David, this virgin who lives in a town of Galilee called Nazareth, this virgin whose name is Mary that heaven speaks. And suddenly we recognize a certain greatness about this one and about this name. Because without even continuing in the story, we know that this is the one to whom heaven will speak something weighty. How remarkable that is and how beautiful that is. Not to someone else, but to this one, to this exact person, in this exact place, in this exact moment of time, the message comes. And Gabriel enters, a we hear, and speaks to her. And yet, if we look across the centuries of Christian history, we see something remarkable with regard to meditation on this instance. In the Eastern traditions of the church, for example, there is a marvelous hymn called the Akathist hymn, which locates itself at exactly this moment of Gabriel greeting Our Lady. And imagine this. Imagine the angel who stands before the throne of God enters into this place bearing the message and he comes to greet her and he says, Hail! And he's not sure what to say next. How do I name you? How do I address you? Because on a certain level, that's the marvelous character of this ancient hymn. Gabriel comes and he says, Hail! And then he begins groping for words. Hail, height so lofty you are impossible to climb. Hail, depth so deep even an angel's eyes can't find the bottom. Hail, you through whom the creator will become a child. Hail you, 
who will cloister infinity in yourself. And he begins multiplying these expressions, so poetically beautiful, until finally, finally he distills it to full of grace. And the marvelous lesson, the marvelous lesson in that hymn is that Mary is shorthand for so very much. She is the one whose greatness extends beyond my ability to see. She is that one whose depth is greater than I can fathom. She is that one because she will be the mother of him who is greater than all others. What a remarkable moment that is. And in concluding with full of grace, Gabriel is also saying this is what the name Mary means. You are the one full of grace through whom salvation comes to the world, through which the fallen are lifted up, through which the wounded are healed and the dead brought back to life. Not because you do it directly, but because of him who comes to us through you, who accomplishes all of these things. How absolutely remarkable. But we know then that you are the one through whom he comes to us. Hail, full of grace. Heaven's name for Mary. And note that salvation comes into the world because God is pleased to call her name. God is pleased to speak to her. God, who needs nobody, is pleased to rely upon, to depend upon this one. The Almighty, who need not depend on anyone, is pleased to depend on one of his creatures. Note how remarkable that is. And the one upon whom he chooses to depend has a name. Her name is Mary. God Almighty, who could simply send his son, is pleased to give his son to Mary, and in doing so, to allow her to give him to us. Who is that one from whose hand we have received the Lord Jesus? Her name is Mary. Heaven gives him to her. She gives him to us. Who is that one through whom the world comes to know the name Jesus? It's Mary. Because heaven doesn't announce it in the hearing of all mortals. Heaven speaks it to her. And from her, we all receive it. Her name is Mary. How absolutely wonderful. This one given such a remarkable place, this one whose name God himself calls, this one so reliable that heaven has confidence in her. And as we see this story unfold between Our Lady and the angel, we see how true it is that she is the height too lofty to climb that she is the depth far too deep.
deep to fathom. Because she who has been raised to this incredibly exalted status, at the end of this story, names herself. And she completes the understanding of the meaning of her name. If heaven says, you, O Mary, are the one who is filled with grace, as Mary receives and understands and knows now the full truth of herself, she having received heaven's word, as she says yes to it, in a sense gives it a glorious completion because she tells us what it means. What does full of grace mean? Mary says, behold, I am the handmaid of the Lord. Not I am the queen of all creation. Not even I am the mother. I am the handmaid, the one who serves, the one who is low, the one who will not exalt herself but always bow low before the will of God. That is the meaning of full of grace, the full meaning of the name Mary, filled with grace and entirely at his service. What a remarkable, what a remarkable statement that is saying that Mary herself is that one who lives only to fulfill the word, to serve the word, to obey the word. She belongs to the word. Small wonder the word is made flesh in her. Small wonder. And note what that implies for us. Because what we celebrate today begins with the fact that heaven calls her name that heaven trusts her and identifies her for us in sacred scripture as the one upon whom Christ himself relies, as the one upon whom God himself is pleased to depend. And why? So that then we know this one is trustworthy and her name is Mary. This is one upon whom we likewise can rely. This is one whose name we likewise can call upon. This is one that we can turn to with trust and confidence, because if the Almighty can place such great trust in her with such weighty things as the salvation of the world, who are we to say, I have my doubts? Who are we to say, I am not so sure? Who are we to say, I would like somebody else? Note how marvelous it is. Before man calls on her, heaven has. And in doing so, the Lord says, this is the one I crown with my thrust. This is that one upon whom I rely. This is that one through whom I am pleased to give myself to you. Which is why the church from the very beginning has said, if we would fully know the Lord, if we would fully belong to the Lord, if we would know the safe, reliable, sure, and certain way to the Lord, 
then we must know a name. That name is Mary. Because as St. Louis de Montfort so beautifully says, if you want to possess the fruit of the tree of life, which is Jesus, you first have to find the tree. Her name is Mary. And how marvelous it is if we think across the centuries, how many millions upon millions of us over the generations have called upon this name. And in calling upon her, the variety of ways we have unpacked that name, as Gabriel did. Gabriel, groping after meaning, names are the height impossible to climb. But the heart of man, the heart of the faithful, trying to understand her and name her goodness and her beauty, does likewise our life, our sweetness, and our hope. We name her under various titles, comfort of the afflicted, health of the sick, refuge of sinners. We name her according to places where she has made an impact. Our Lady of Lourdes, Our Lady of Fatima, Our Lady of Guadalupe, Our Lady of the Island. Note how personal that is. And note that these titles are all ways of naming her and calling upon her. And most gloriously, how do these ways of naming Mary generally begin? With two exquisitely beautiful and important words. Our Lady. This too is what it means to celebrate the name of Mary. She's not somebody else's. She's ours. Our Lady. Not merely the lady, not never that lady, definitely never some lady, our lady. And note the glorious particularity of that. Note the marvelous holy possessiveness that we are allowed to have with that. We recognize a belonging. She belongs to us. We belong to her. We know the name, and we know the person. And this is why St. Louis de Montfort, when he gives advice with regard to turning to Our Lady, says something beautifully, beautifully important. He says, sometimes we make the mistake, and we complicate our relationship with her. And it's not that our hearts are bad, it's that they're misguided. And so we say lengthy prayers and we go on and on and on and on. And at some point we exhaust ourselves and we become indifferent to what we're doing because now we're just trying to get it done. And that's not a bad thing, but he says, but if we just pause for a moment, and ask ourselves, what is the best way to speak to her? What is that one prayer beyond all others 
that is most pleasing to the Holy Virgin Mary? What is that one greeting she wants to hear more than any other greeting? And don't worry, I'm not going to put anybody on the spot and say, tell me. And he says, you might rack your brain and you might think of the great poetic works that the saints have produced and you would be wrong. You might open your hymn book and look at the most beautiful hymn of merit in honor of Our Lady that you know, and you would be wrong. That prayer that pleases her most, that greeting that pleases her most, is a very simple one. Hail Mary, full of grace. The words with which heaven greeted her and won her heart. No greeting is more beautiful to her than that. We often make the mistake of thinking the Hail Mary, that prayer we learn to lisp as children and say throughout our lives, is a small thing, even an insignificant thing. But it is not. It comes from heaven itself. And when Our Lady hears that greeting, she is reminded of that day when the Lord of the universe took flesh in her womb, and salvation came for you and for me. And when we greet her with that, how could her heart not be opened? And this is why St. Louis de Montfort says, we pay far too little attention to the Hail Mary. And he just says this, when you say it, don't be in a hurry. Say it with modesty, attention, and devotion. It doesn't need to be needlessly prolonged, but it should be said with care. Because these words are words that are given to us from heaven itself. Note how simple and beautiful that is. And he goes farther and he says, because he knows us and he knows the time and he knew his own heart. And he said, a single Hail Mary said with modesty attention and devotion is better than a hundred rosaries said in a hurry. Now on the one hand, what requires more effort? And one might say, those hundred rosaries and it takes a lot more time. And so note, the issue is not the number. The issue is not the time. The issue is the attitude of the heart. A single Hail Mary said with modesty, attention, and devotion. Better than a hundred rosaries said just to get them done. Now, of course, if we could say the rosary that way, those hundred rosaries would be pretty incredible. But, but again, note the value. And this feast that we celebrate today rests on that simple truth. We know the name. Respect for the name is part of turning, calling on that name with confidence. And how wonderful, under the variety of titles that she has, in the end, they all reduce themselves to this. Hail Mary, whether we call her Mother of God, Virgin of Virgins, Our Lady of Lords, Our Lady of the Island, Health of the Sick, Mother of Mercy, Queen of Peace, they all come down to this.
Our Lady has a name, and the name is Mary. Amen.